0: Welcome to the most valuable fucking show you're going to listen to all week.
1: If you're not taking care of your basic needs to stay healthy, you're not going to be able to have any energy left for that business.
2: Balance is bullshit. There's no such thing as balance. It's where are you willing to make a trade?
0: Talk to someone, whether it's a partner a professional, whatever. Get out there. It's, it's such a critical part of loving yourself. This is Unfuck My Business. And we're back with another episode of Unfuck My Business. I'm your host, Jinx, and we've got Robin, Victor, Kathleen, and Jennifer all with us today. We're in our special series about love this February month. And uh, this episode is about loving yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you don't love yourself, you're not going to be able to love anybody or anything else along the way. So what do we mean when we say love yourself? Well, you know, as we've mentioned many times, being a business owner is hard. And uh, one of the things that we frequently see in business owners, especially with people whose businesses are struggling, is that personally they are struggling. They're struggling with their health, they're struggling with their mental health, they're struggling with their relationships. And they're really struggling with uh, being able to make space for themselves, to be able to recharge and get some downtime and and sort of... Uh, You know, bring themselves back into the fray, so to speak. It's if you fight a war endlessly, nonstop battles without ever taking a little R and R, you're just not going to have much to contribute to that. So, loving yourself is really a fundamental part of uh, being able to take charge of your business and unfuck it. The other part of the equation is that you have to love yourself enough to trust and be confident in yourself. Uh, when you're driving a business forward that's struggling, when you're facing those obstacles, because your optimism may be the only optimism you have access to. So you really have to build up that sense of, of self-confidence and trust that you know your idea is strong, you know that your execution is strong. It's just a matter of you know beating back those things, holding you back and, and moving forward. But let's talk about you know, what does loving yourself look like? Kathleen, uh, you had said uh, previously that Uh, You had that mental belief of like struggle, grind, hustle, struggle, grind, hustle. And we certainly see that sort of thing put out there a lot these days. How did you break that mental habit?
1: How did I break it? I got beat down to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. That's how I broke it. It broke me. That's what happened. Especially when I was early in my real estate company, I believed that I needed to work a lot to succeed which isn't necessarily true, but that was the belief that I held. And if I wasn't putting in 80 hours a week, I wasn't successful in my own mind. If I took time for anything for myself, I felt guilty. And there came a point where, when my husband got really sick, it just all changed and my priorities changed and the status quo just did not work anymore. And it became this realization of looking at everything through this filter of what is actually my goal? What is actually producing that success? Don't put my time and energy into things that aren't supporting that. And eventually it came back around to uh, some of the things that are really valuable to me. I, I think about it in terms of when you're on an airplane, you know, they, they do that little video where the mask falls and you have a kid next to you, you put the mask on yourself first. You can't put the mask on the kid first. You're going to pass out and then the kid can't help you. And then they don't have a parent, right? So if you're not taking care of your basic needs to stay healthy, and then your your higher level needs to stay healthy, you're not going to be able to have any energy left for that business. So a lot of people skip out on the three basics. You have to eat nutritious food, you have to get enough sleep, and you have to move your body every day. And like, those are the basic minimal things you need to do physically, I know, to do physically, or you're going to get sick and your body is going to stop you for you. So, getting on board with that and loving yourself at that basic level, you know, I remember it being hard to even think about setting that time aside. I couldn't go for a walk every day, right? I wouldn't, but you just, you have to. And, And the fact is, you know, it doesn't seem like there is an ROI on it, but there is, and you're going to be better for it. You're going to have more energy for yourself, your business, and the people in your life for being able to do that.
0: Well, I think a lot of people, when they, when they think about, you know, work-life balance, of course, is a big topic of conversation. Everybody's work-life balance, work-life balance. I've been the kind of entrepreneur for the last decade that there's no delineation between my work and my life. My work is my life. So, you know, this idea that I could divide them into sort of discrete sections, it's, it's just not realistic. But I think a lot of people, you know, we look at your schedule, for instance, and, you know, you're hiking the Appalachian Trail and you're, diving in caves and this and that. And it's, you know, I think the the number one thing that most entrepreneurs who are struggling with that would ask is like, where do you get the time? And it's one thing to say, well, I just take it. But sometimes that feels like it's by sacrificing other areas of your business. I mean, how do you deal with that conflict?
1: I was on the phone on the top of a mountain working on a deal. Yeah, I fit work into my life. And I think I remember having a lot of thought around work-life balance 10, 15 years ago and how to navigate that. And it it became similar for me as with you. My work is my life and my life is my work. And there's not there's not a need for balance. I support myself. I do what I need to do. I do what I need for my work. And it it there's not the strict line where one thing is work and one thing is play. So for me, I'm hiking on the Appalachian Trail checking my email and responding to emails all day what was it monday or tuesday last week because i had a deal i had to babysit that was fine that's work-life balance
0: for me well uh, just let's round robin that a little bit then uh, and i like starting round robins with robin because there's a certain alliteration there but you know it's how obviously you're a solopreneur who works from home so i imagine that that work life line is blurry as hell for you as well you know, how are you making space to love yourself as part of this process?
2: First, I have to shout out to a dear friend and colleague of mine, Luli B, who's based down in Dade County, Florida, who came up with the concept of balance is bullshit. <laughs> balance is bullshit. She yells in her Cuban accent. And it's true. Balance is bullshit. There's no such thing as balance. It's where are you willing to make a trade? where are you willing to make a trade for your time and and how do you delineate and how do you set boundaries and expectations around that? And so, you know, in in this moment uh, where I was already accustomed to working from home, I was not accustomed to working from home with a house full of people who are also going to school at home, you know, and a a dog who thinks that since there's so many people in the house, I could go in and out every time I want to now, (laughs) And so sometimes you have to draw some limits. And so, you know, I I got a funny reaction by posting it on social media, but there was one day where I really needed to focus on something. And so I put a sign on my door that was basically like, pretend I'm not here (laughs) unless you're bleeding or dying, text me, you know? And it was a very real sign I had to put on my door. Now, what I didn't say on social media is that I also had a conversation with all the people in my household and explained normally the interruptions are fine, but today I really need to minimize the interruptions. And so unless you're bleeding or dying, please try not to interrupt me. You know, I let them know. And then I also realize that I have to give and take. So there are moments, you know, I have an 18 year old whose life is changing dramatically right now. He's getting into the flow of his first job. He's attending college classes online. And So when he stops to stand at my office door to have a conversation, those moments are rare. And so it's become apparent to me that like whatever I'm working on isn't nearly as important as the fact that he's still choosing to stop and have a conversation with me in the doorway. And that's an opportunity that's way more important for me to take care of in that moment. So understanding that it's all a trade and that I have to... Carve out the time and set the expectations depending on where my priorities are at the moment, having the flexibility to allow those priorities to shift, to be able to drop everything work-wise because somebody's in the hospital, because my 18-year-old actually wants to talk to me for half an hour, you know, to be able to drop all the home priorities because there's an opportunity or a fire that I need to put out, you know, and that I want to dedicate the time and have the ability to dedicate the time here. And then I think one of the things I did a couple of years ago that has served me really well right now where we all have to be here is I carved out separate spaces and I try real hard not to mix those spaces. So this is my home office. I do work in here. I try not to do work in any other space in my house, right? So if I have to do work, I come do it in here. Um, When I leave this room, work stays in here. And that allows me to create some boundaries. Even if it's not balanced, it allows me to create some boundaries within this home, you know, and vice versa. I don't fuck around in here. I don't watch movies in here, you know, this is where work happens. And so... In a previous episode, Jennifer was talking about building neural pathways, you know, and that's one of the ways that like, when I walk into this room, this is where work happens. When I exit this room, work stays in this room, right? As much as humanly possible, I try for that to be the case. What happens is now when I walk in this room, it's like something kicks in. It's like walking in an office door. It's like walking into another building, you know, I've trained my brain along those lines, right? And and I've started to train my family members like if the door's open, come in and out, you know, yell at me all day long, ask me things all day long. If the door's closed, I probably have something important going on. You probably need to not bug me unless you're bleeding or dying, right? <laughs> and and those are the ways that I've managed to create boundaries and and a sense of levelness even if it's not what we would call balance.
0: I think it's a, you know, that that separate spaces concept has always you know been something that I've thought about because I have an open floor plan. My office is just sort of an extension of the living room with sort of a half wall kind of dividing it. It's not really like any sort of a closed space. And so since my kids have been, you know, much, much younger than now, it, it's been, you know, 10 years in here. Um, so my youngest was six at the time. They've always just been used to walking in and out because there is no door, there is no sign. And now that I'm doing a lot more video conferencing, sometimes they'll walk in and then realize they're on camera and walk out real fast, you know, like, you know, but that, you know, I think uh, when you add parenting into business, that becomes, I mean, as much as we love our children, that also becomes another job, so to speak. And so you're trying to find balance between your work and your parenting, but then you also need to be able to find some balance between your parenting and your individual life aside from your children. That can be super complicated, especially if you got a house full of kids. Uh, Victor, how do you find some personal time in the mix when you're dealing with multiple business fronts and also parenting?
3: Kind of, like I go back to a little bit to what Kathleen was saying back then when she was grinding and grinding and grinding. I think we all go through those through those um, stages. I think as you get older, you you realize certain things and you change. For me, I got sick. I was building a clothing line back back then, and I was pretty much doing everything myself: designing, selling, packing, packaging, mailing it. Everything was on my own, um, and I got really really sick. So what I realized was that, A, being busy doesn't necessarily mean that you're being productive. You sometimes just do things just because you're busy. You have that grinding mentality, but really that's not moving the needle. You know, you can can outsource that somewhere else or simply not do it. And when it comes down to, it's about prioritizing your time. Um, I read somewhere that the only thing, one of the things that we all have in common is that we all have 24 hours a day whether you are Tiger Woods or President Obama or Robin or Jennifer, we all have the same amount of time. And we tend to prioritize what's important to us. Um, like Robin just said, you know, something happened in her family where, um, you know, she had to be in the hospital. There's a time. So the time exists. It's, it's a matter of prioritizing. So I'm, I'm good at prioritizing. Perhaps I like working out. So I, I build that into my schedule. I go I go for walks. I go to the gym. That's something that I like it. It kind of fills my cup. So I prioritize that into my day. And so with my kids. Um, so I prioritize what's important. And and I don't try just to be busy, just to be busy. Like I, I try to be more moving the needle. What, what's my goal and what's going to get me there? Um, is this that I'm doing right now? All these emails, cleaning my, my my email box. Is this really that important? Do I have to spend, you know, 30 minutes you know, going through my emails and all that stuff. So it's about prioritizing and really identifying what's important and what fills your cup because that is what's going to be, that's your health, your mental health, your body, physical health. Um, you got you to gotta squeeze it in with your, with your schedule and intentionally you have to prioritize it. And that's that's kind of how I do it. Listen, I'm not perfect. At times, I do some stupid shit, like grinding for no reason, but for the most part, I catch myself and I say, listen, this is not important. Let's see what my daughter wants to talk about. Beautiful.
0: And Jennifer, you have some of the added um, sort of structural constraints in that banking has hours, right? Um, And so like there is sort of a, a fixed time of day that you're expected to do business, I would assume. And that means that you don't even have some of the flexibility that more unconstrained entrepreneurs have in sort of trying to make your schedule flexible and to get you you time. How do you carve out that bit of individual space for yourself?
4: So one of the recurring themes that is resonating in all of the comments that have been made by Kathleen, Robin and Victor so far is setting boundaries. And that can be physical boundaries, like creating your spaces or drawing the line with when when you're done with work and you transition to your home life. But I also think rooted in self-awareness, setting boundaries in terms of what you will or will not do can determine your energy level or your level of deflation, when you're focused on how much fortitude and how far you can go in your business. So I really think it is incumbent upon all of us to understand what are our boundaries in terms of psychological. So, you know, I've heard psychologists say in the past, and this is something that I'm currently growing through, is. When you are a child and you don't understand unconditional love or love was given to you conditionally, you tend to say yes to everything instead of saying no. And what I have come to learn is saying no is saying yes. It's saying yes to myself, my health. It's saying yes to being able to place focus on something that's extremely important to focus on at this moment in time, speaking to the prioritization aspect that Victor talked about. But really it also speaks to your values and your alignment because it's saying no to relationships that don't give you energy. It's saying, no, you know, saying no to things that you're not going to do to compromise your integrity or your values. So really taking a deep dive from that is really rooted in self-awareness, understand your triggers, understand the things that motivate you and give you energy and ask yourself why. Why did I just say yes to this thing?
1: Is, is this really something I should be doing right now? Kathleen. To play off of that too, you know, paying attention to that ebb and flow of your own energy. And recognizing that there's a time and a place for each of these things that we're responsible for doing. And it may not be when you had planned on, right? So you need to make time to recharge. You need to be able to be aware of what's going on in yourself to know when you're getting depleted, when you have to set up time to recharge. And there's times where I need to recharge and I still have this thing with a deadline. And I can push through and do it. But then I will intentionally set time to do the things and make space for me to recover from that. And if I'm always push, push, pushing, that's when you're going to get sick. That's when you're going to have a breakdown. You're going to have problems in your relationships or whatever. So acknowledging that like there's certain mental spaces I need to be in to do this work or that work or the other work. And there's um, little rituals I can do to, to facilitate that but there's also times where it just isn't working and you have to acknowledge it and move on to something that will work when you're in that space and come back to it.
3: Victor, go ahead. So I just want to acknowledge um, this, what Jennifer just said, how fuck, how amazing saying no. is saying yes to yourself. Holy shit. That was really, really, really good. I've never heard that before. And I, and I really like it. I just wanted to acknowledge that. That's all.
0: Well, I think that uh, building on what Kathleen said, it's a good place to transition to talking about burnout a little bit. In the last two years, I've had three different friends commit suicide. And, you know, that it's been such an overwhelming and two of them this year, you know, as the pressure of the, the current situation builds up. I know personally, I've spent a ton of time in isolation since we've been very, very strict about social distancing and all the rest of that. We had some high risk family members. And so, you know, we felt it was important to maintain that. But even the, you know, sort of minor bits of socialization that I would get from time to time have all completely disappeared. And so I found myself feeling alone very often, you know, and we see that as that combination of feeling alone along with the pressures of society and business and all the rest of that as they build up, it can lead to some real, you know, potential personal mental crises for people that sometimes result in really bad outcomes. How do you sort of um, measure that buildup and that pressure in your own lives and and realize, hey, I'm facing a particularly bad burnout spot here. Like what's I should take a moment and stop and start doing something about that? I'm gonna reverse this one and start with Jennifer.
4: Well, I think what I have done very well is identifying my non-negotiable. So there's just things that I just won't negotiate on. Like I'm not gonna compromise my family, my integrity, my values, and things of that nature. So when I start to see myself acting in a way that isn't congruent or the things that I am agreeing to be and to to act that particular way and it's I'm compromising my non-negotiables that's when I really have to take a step back and reevaluate what is going on what, did I cross boundaries did I say yes to something that I shouldn't have said yes to what I really have to reevaluate that interestingly enough I think a secondary um point to mention is recently I went to see an energy healer and I was listening to another podcast where a lady went to go see an energy healer because she was feeling stuck and she didn't know um and and I'll speak to my own personal experience I didn't know why like what why was I why am I feeling stuck on paper my life is phenomenal I'm doing lots of things that I love doing like but my, I could tell in the way like I normally have a natural attraction with people or naturally build relationships. I noticed some of those things weren't the way that they used to be. And so I was like, something is going on. So I think it plays out in ways that you least expect it. So if you notice you're not connecting with people as well as you have in the past, you lost your spark or for whatever reason, people aren't hearing you you're, you know, I'm a, I feel like I'm a good communicator. And I felt like I, for whatever reason, people aren't hearing me. So I, I knew that it's not everybody else. It's me. And I needed to address where I was out of alignment. So that way I could resolve some of these things that are playing out that I could feel in this tug of war of myself.
0: Beautiful. Kathleen.
1: My values maybe crystallized. I would say shifted, but I think crystallized a lot over the last 10 years in that um, I really feel that my work is here to support my life and not the other way around. So there are certain things that I do on a daily basis to maintain my health and well-being mentally, physically, and spiritually, right? Connections, people. And that's a non-negotiable. Like So since since I've gotten more and more that way over the years, I've, I haven't gotten to the point where I would even feel burnout, right? And I know what it feels like and I've been there. I've gotten these habits going that it it it's been a good year year and a half since I had the like I used to get hints of depression here and there, you know, like it's normal health normal person stuff, and it hasn't been a thing for a while now. That doesn't mean it's never going to shift back, but I, I feel really good about the habits that I have and the focus that I have on, you know, my my choice in living a good life is measured by my joy and my ability to engage in things that I love doing. And if I'm not doing that on a regular basis, I'm shifting what I'm doing today.
0: Okay. That's, that's a really strong position. It sounds like you've got things well managed, so it makes it more obvious when things are out of alignment. Exactly. Victor, what about you? When, uh, what, what, what is a warning sign that you're probably going into a burnout stage?
3: You know, my body tells me, man, I actually have um, anxiety. So when, I, when I'm not aligned um, with the things that I should be doing, I get really anxious. And it goes, you know, it could go for days. Um, I have a, a good friend of mine told me one time he's super successful and he had, a, a, you know, three or four companies at the time. Um, and I always kind of like because he had a lot of people under him and a lot of pressure. Um, and I asked him, listen, how do you manage um, to not be anxious with, 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 you know, everything that's going on in your life? And he tells me or well, he told me at that time, he said, listen, you got to figure out what makes you smile and do that more often. So mm-hmm. I kind of took that and 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 when I feel, a little anxious, kind of like what Kathleen said about, you know, when, when she's not feeling the joy, then she's got to change something. So when my body starts telling me that, you know, I'm a little anxious, you know, things are not working the way I want to, I certainly gravitate to the things that makes me smile. Believe it or not, going to the gym makes me smile. Having good conversations with my kids, with my wife, you know, um, those things are friends. You Know just go out for a drink and, and talk politics for a couple hours it makes me smile. It's a weird thing to make me smile, but but it does. Um, so yeah, you just have to kind of know what is the fills you cup and, and do that more often. That way, you don't you avoid the burnout. Beautiful, Robin.
2: I am blessed, not cursed, <laughs> with a couple of early warning systems having. An autoimmune disease means that, you know, if I, I've had to learn to pay attention to the signals my body is sending me, you know, um, your your body is trying to tell you something, you should listen to it. And uh, so, so I have some things that are indicators. But even after all these years, I, I don't always sense them right away. So I, I was blessed with shingles in my early 30s because of a really, really super stressful situation that I was in at the job at the time, kind of forced it out. And um, so it it's, can be both physical, but it's mainly neurological. And mine is on the edge of my scalp. And so any person with long enough hair to have had it in a clip or a ponytail for too long understands what a hair headache feels like. (laughs) And so I have this little spot on the left side of my scalp that will start to feel like a hair headache. Like I've had a clip in my hair for too long. And it usually takes a day or two before I realize, oh, that's not a hair headache. That's my body telling me that I've been putting it under too much stress and I need to slow down and I need to take care of myself, you know, (laughs) and I have some other indicators, you know, if I start to get, I'm very susceptible to dehydration, and so if I'm drinking tons and tons of water and I still feel dehydrated, that means something's wrong. And so those are all like early, that's my early warning detection system that shit's about to go real bad <laughs> if I don't stop and slow down and listen and pay attention to what's going on. And I used to get so mad about that stuff. Like, ugh, why do I have to deal with these things? And, and now I think with age and practice and wisdom comes a sense of gratefulness like oh if i'm if i'm really paying attention to this stuff it's actually helping me you know it only gets bad when i let it get bad when i'm not paying attention and i'm not listening to it that's when i end up in bed for a day because i've exhausted myself to the point you know and, and sometimes that means making decisions to rest and take care of yourself that seem counterintuitive to your personality. And so I just want to shout out to all the extroverts out there who feel like they can't take time to be introverts for a day or two. You absolutely can. <laughs> you know, when you've been, you know, socializing and talking and active and uh, uh, I talk about being on when I'm on, 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 on so much. Um, I have to make sure I have time to be off. And we were talking about work-life balance. That also means at home, you know? And so I'd be on, on, on all day for my business. And then I just want to come home and be off. But I still felt like I was expected to be on for my family. And so I had to talk to them about it and carve out time and say like, look, I, you know, I've, I've been on all day and I just need an hour. You know, I'm going to go try to take a nap or I'm going to go watch a stupid show. I'm going to put on my noise canceling headphones and I just need an hour to be off and pretend I'm not a human. (laughs) You know, I'm just going to be a plant sitting here in the sun for an hour. And then you can ask me all the questions and talk to me about all the things. I'll help you find whatever you've lost. (laughs) You know, whatever the thing is, like I need this little space first, you know, and I used to feel guilty about asking for that. And now, again, with wisdom comes the understanding that when I ask for those things that I need, when I do go back on with my family, I'm even better than I was before. If I had tried to just push through it and be on because they expected me to be on, I, you know, I I wouldn't have been giving them all that I could. So when you take time to, as someone said earlier, refill your cup and ask for the space and the time and the tools and the supplies, whatever it is to refill your cup, um, you're, you're going to be better. They're going to get more and better things from you when you're ready to be on again.
0: It's so true. I mean, it's, you know, you talked about uh, like, and there's a lot to unpack from what everybody just discussed. But you know, one of the things that stands out to me is, uh, you know, I, I have psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis, and it's stress triggered more than anything else. And so, you know, in talking to my CEO at Symphony, you know, I'm like, if you want to know how I'm doing, just look at my face. You know, <laughs> the redder it is, <laughs> probably the harder of the time that I'm having. You know, because of uh, uh, various breakouts and all the rest of that. And then, you know additionally being bipolar, it's meant that over the years, I've had to develop a number of sort of internal measurement systems where I sort of monitor how am I doing right now? You know, am I depressed right now? Am I manic right now? Um, and and so that like becomes really sensitive over time, like you you start being able to tell very quickly, oh, I'm on an up cycle, I'm on a down cycle, you know. Uh, and And a lot of times I think that you know, and I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to play armchair psychologist for anybody out there, but I know that there are a number of people in the entrepreneurial space um, who are dealing with, you know, either diagnosed or undiagnosed mental disorders of various types um, and who don't even really think about it that way. Oh, I'm so worn out. I'm so exhausted. What's going on? Why can't I ever seem to get enough rest? You know, they don't understand the clinical signs of depression or anxiety or all the rest of that. And so they're more likely to try and soldier through it than like really stop and take that break and get some recharge and maybe, you know, talk to someone or whatever mechanism or method is good for you to help rebuild yourself back to a strong place. You know, for me, it's, I know that I had to get a lot more open about some of these things because otherwise people are like, what's wrong with you, you know? Whereas now they also can recognize by communicating some of those needs and some of those places where I am, I actually buy myself some space, you know, um, because people understand a little bit more about why I'm acting out in a certain way or whatever. And I think uh, it's if you're out there and and you're struggling on one of those fronts, I just cannot emphasize enough. Take the time. Talk to somebody. Jesus. Even if you don't think it's anything serious, book a single session with a counselor or a therapist and just talk through some of your stresses and see where things end up, you know, because maybe there's a pathology there that needs to be treated but maybe you just need the help of a professional therapist to kind of vent some things and talk that out and let go of it. You know, half the time, so much of the stuff that we're carrying mentally and emotionally, it's not even necessarily ours to carry it, but it's, we treat that as though it's our burden and we don't want to let anybody else know about it. And, you know, I, I, I told somebody recently, I'm like, take yourself down off that cross, Jesus, you know, like it's, (laughs) <laughs> it's not your job to martyr yourself for your company, you know, and, and really just, you know, I, I think the emotional health, especially given the history of me seeing people break down in really dramatic ways in business when they don't have enough of that support, it, it just can't be stated enough how important that is. Talk to someone, whether it's a partner a professional, whatever, get out there. It's, it's such a critical part of loving yourself as much, I think, important as the good nutrition and the moving every day, neither of which I do well. Kathleen.
1: I really love the reminder that these things that people often see as failures or shortcomings are warning signs, right? They're they're your body going, knock, knock, knock. Hey, listen to me. Hey, hey, hello over there. And as you ignore them, they get louder and louder, right? Until you can't ignore them anymore. But that's really the heart of what it is. And also the idea that you know understanding and listening to that coupled with being willing to explore what are the things that you need to do to recharge and you may not know what that is when i ask you right now what do you need to do to recharge but being willing to explore and try different things and see what works for you because what what works for me isn't going to work for you but Something works for you. There's probably a dozen things that work for you. And I really love having a dozen things in my toolbox that I can go to, depending on where I'm at and what's going on, to recharge.
0: That's always been super critical for me as well. It's, you know, phishing is my big go-to, but writing is 100% part of that. And now that we've been in a social distancing space, you know, throwing these little ad hoc virtual happy hours, you know, and, and it's it's gotten to the point where I thought people were burnt out and didn't want to do it anymore. But people are messaging me going, hey, when's the next one? When's the next one? I could really use some people to talk to. I could really use some socialization, you know. Um, and so it's nice when the things that I'm doing to sort of improve my own happiness and, and well-being also benefit others.
2: So I loved Kathleen's point about like, find the thing that recharges you. And I, I just want to take a moment to shout out to my fellow weirdos <laughs> and oddballs out there, because sometimes the thing that recharges you is super weird and odd and difficult to explain. And you should talk about it anyways, because somebody else out there will get it. You know, or maybe you're introducing somebody to a new weird way to cope and de-stress and whatever the case may be that they never would have heard of had you not been brave enough to say, this is the weird, stupid thing that I like to do, you know? So, naked goat yoga? What's that?
0: Naked goat yoga?
2: Yeah, naked goat, which does happen here in Pinellas County, by the way. Um, (laughs) But, um, no, I, I really like ASMR which, you know, some people don't understand. There's a, still a lot of people who don't even know what it is. But yeah, <laughs> like, I can tell by some of your faces, you don't know what it is. Uh, ASMR stands for audio, audio sensory meridian response. So it's basically like if someone were to like get up close and whisper in your ear, and it makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up, that's ASMR. And there's things that you can do and say, there's certain sounds, there's certain visualizations that can elicit that response in a person without somebody being physically there. And it's different for everybody. And it's just in the same way that meditation works for some people, that works for me. You know, if I need to really, truly unplug, and I think especially if you have one of those brains that's just constantly going I I, meditation doesn't work for me because my brain needs something to be distracted by. Otherwise it's going to go off on its own and there's no meditation. Um, So ASMR is my meditation. So, you know, just weird, weird, dumb stuff. I've become the crazy houseplant lady and these houseplants, I'm up to about 45 at this stage of the quarantine and they bring me so much joy, you know, and, and again, we talk about how we worry And maybe we have guilt associated with whatever these things are that we need. And not only do I not have to worry about that, but my husband has actually done things recently to like encourage my houseplant habit, you know? (laughs) And like it's his way of letting me know that like it's okay, you know? Like here, I brought you a new shelf. Here, I put planters on the back fence, fill those with something, you know? Like, so I think if we talked about these things more that we feel like we have to sort of hide and hoard and keep to ourselves because it's odd or it's unusual when in fact somebody else is out there just like wishing somebody would talk about these things, you know, so they could express their love and their joy of whatever the weirdo thing is that, you know, making you feel like a normal human being right now, good on you. Do more of that and talk to more people about it.
0: Absolutely. Jennifer?
4: Yeah, I think that's such an important message to belabor is sharing all facets of yourself. You know, we speak about authenticity and showing your full self and showing your whole self. You would be amazed the shit other people have been through and being able to share and talk through your mental struggles, the weird shit that you like to do to fill your cup, you know, all these different things that we're talking about. Not only does that allow you to breathe and not hide and show up, but it also allows people to see who you truly are. And they connect more with that than with you hiding parts of yourself, which people can always read through that. So I I just really feel like that's another key message that everyone is saying in terms of loving yourself is sharing your full self. Agreed
0: completely. And it's, you know, as we start to move towards wrap up here, I think it's important that we, we really remember in those times that we're struggling that we're not just business people, right? That becomes an all-consuming identity sometimes, but if we really start to think about and call out all of our aspects of being a human, right? We are social creatures, we are emotional creatures, we're sexual creatures, we're thinking creatures, we are creative creatures. We have all of these various aspects to ourselves. And if any of those portions are are like not in alignment or are neglected or are, you know, underserved, like you are going to start to feel out of balance in some way. Right. And so when we're we're trying to love ourselves, you know, starting with that being honest about who we are, really, you know, and sharing as much of that as is possible or as appropriate with people around us who care about us. But then also, you know, really using that as sort of a, a full spectrum, how are my personal stats doing, you know? Ooh. And I found myself very often in with some distinct imbalance there, you know? Um, I got a, the digital illustration tablet recently because I just didn't feel like I had enough creative outlet and my ability to express creatively was was somewhat stifled, you know? Um, really like looking at that and making a little scorecard for yourself. How do I feel in each of these places? And you know, what needs to be worked on in order for you to express yourself in business in that best possible way. You know, especially when so many of us have acknowledged that there isn't really much of a divide between our business life and our personal life. It just makes it that much more important um, that we're self-aware enough about all those things to, to be able to be good in all of the roles that we're expected to be. So I think on that note, our call to action for this week is going to be Do that. Create a scorecard for yourself and think about all the aspects of yourself as a person and sort of make some mental notation of how am I doing here? How am I doing there? And then figure out if if you need to take some more time for yourself, if you're not getting that in, flipping the schedule, really thinking, okay, this is my personal life. And where am I going to let work be part of that? Uh, Obviously, to the degree of flexibility provided (laughs) in your working situation. And then really consciously choosing to focus on one of those areas and and really improve it, whichever feels to be most lacking right now, making sure they're all together, making sure that you really love yourself and that you're taking care of yourself in that way is critical. And then as a final thought, please, 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 if you're hearing this and you are deeply, deeply struggling, reach out. You are not alone. There are plenty of people who are ready and willing to talk to you both personally and professionally. Uh, don't don't ever lose yourself to that struggle you know it's it's just the most tragic thing so from all of us here at the Unfuck my business podcast i'll try to end that on a slightly brighter note uh with love to all of you as much as we love ourselves uh we will see you next tuesday what the fuck are you waiting for take what you learned in this episode and do something with it You'll find all the links and resources we talked about in our show notes for this episode. Go to unfuckmybusiness.com to subscribe to the show.